Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Ashley Quinn Hogan. I'm your host for this evening. Um, today's episode is going to be a little bit different from what we've been doing in the past. Um, you know, with with 2022 sort of coming in hot and, and getting us all, you know, onto the path, I feel like we've flown through the first bit of 2022. I don't know about anyone else, but like we're already here, just about finished, um, you know, about a quarter of the way through, which is crazy to me. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about scholarships today, which is something I've never talked about on the show before. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about because it's something that I spend a lot of my time um, doing or learning about um, as a student um, and as a scholar. And so I want to share a little bit of that information with everyone today. Um, I know that, you know, with the nicer weather coming, sort of the last thing we're thinking about is school. And, and I kind of get that, too. I mean, I'm just getting ready to finish up here on my first year of my master's, which is crazy and exciting all in one. I still, sometimes I still feel like I'm in high school, which is, is weird to say, but like it's it's been a while. I'm not gonna age myself here and say how long I've been out of high school, but um, it's, it's crazy to think about, you know, the fact that I've done, you know, a whole degree and I'm halfway done a second degree. Um, and I mean, stay tuned to figure out if we, we go for that third one. Um, right now, I'm sitting on the fence in terms of well, what the move is there, but, um, you know, I digress. Uh, sort of, you know, with school kind of wrapping up, I mean, it's time to, I mean, obviously give yourself a little bit of break, or a little bit of a break. I'm going to be doing that as well, but it's time to start thinking about, you know, are you going to university? Is it going to be your first year in university, starting college? Um, are you someone like me who's just kind of in the middle of their academic career, but is still looking for ways to um, fund their education? So whether, you know, you're doing, for those of us in Canada who are doing like an undergraduate or a bachelor's degree, um, moving up to like graduate level studies, is that something you're considering, something you're looking at funding? Maybe you're like me and you're already at the graduate level and you're looking to go um, into um, a PhD or like a postdoctoral fellowship or, or whatever the case is. Um, maybe you're in high school and you're just looking to um, explore a little bit what's out there in terms of scholarships for when the time does come. Or, you know, maybe you're a parent and you're looking um, at your your child's uh, education fund and you might be able to use a little bit of support there, which, um, you know, I hear you. Um, it's times are tough and education's expensive. So all of that being said, um, we're going to talk a little bit about, first of all, um, how to find scholarships that are worth applying to. I know that there are tons of scholarships out there that, you know, I'm not going to say they're a waste of time, but, um, you know, does the amount of effort you have to put in, does it equate to the amount of reward you're going to get from, from writing it, right? If you're putting in hours and hours in and it's you know, a couple hundred dollars, is it, is it worth it? Maybe for some it is, maybe for some it isn't. Um, and that's totally up to you on an individual basis. Um, but then, you know, also there's scholarships out there that, um, 
you know, they're not as uh, reliable or I want to say trustworthy as, as some. And um, so I'm going to teach you how to sort of pick out the best scholarships to apply to. But most importantly, once you find those really great scholarships that um, are legit and, um, you know, are, are worth your effort, how to actually write a winning application, because that's the main thing, right? Um, you could write scholarship applications and until the cows come home, but if you're not going to write a winning application, then what the heck's the point? So I'm going to give you some of my tips because um, I am a scholarship fiend. I love writing applications for scholarships. I love winning scholarships. Um, and I love, you know, helping people to also benefit from, from some financial support uh, via scholarships or grants or bursaries or whatever that, you know, this kind of, I'm going to use scholarships as like an all-encompassing term to refer to all of these sort of monetary support systems that we have in place here in Canada. Um, I'm not super familiar with scholarship opportunities outside of Canada. I know there are some that span all of North America. So um, individuals from Canada and the United States um, and, you know, other regions as well. So sometimes European or um, sometimes it'll limit them to the UK. Um, just, just be specific with, or be intentional rather with um, the scholarships you're looking at and making sure that you actually qualify. But we will talk about eligibility and how to make sure that you're applying for scholarships that you should be applying to and not wasting your time applying to those that you should not be applying to. So, um, you know, one of the main things about education is that it's expensive. And so, um, no matter sort of how your education is being funded, or for those of you that are parents, how you're funding your child's education, um, you know, sometimes parents are super supportive and, and they sort of take the brunt of the load on uh, tuition costs and, and living costs. Sometimes students, um, such as myself, are fully responsible for their own um, education and their own living arrangement, which is also fine. Sometimes, you know, I find that it's usually a mixture of both. So parents are super supportive and helpful, um, but they do want their child to have a little bit of responsibility for paying for some of the aspects, whether it be the living or whether it be tuition or textbooks or, or whatever. Um, and then most of the time, I want to say a lot of us rely on government funding as well. Um, I know that's absolutely true for me. Um, there's a lot of great resources in terms of um, the Ontario government for those of us that are in Ontario, for those of us that are in Canada, the federal government. Um, and you know, I'm not super sure what the equivalent of that would be in the United States, but that would be something worth looking into. Um, and I know those of us that are out of province have equivalents to what we have here in Ontario, which is called OSAP. Um, so, um, you know, that's a great tool to use if you do require funding and, and they have eligibility, eligibility criteria for that as well. But um, thing about OSAP and, and government funding is that it doesn't always cover everything. Um, and when it comes to education, my kind of policy is that you can never really have enough money. Um, and I mean, tuition is expensive, but textbooks are expensive. Materials, you know, uh, if you're living on campus or even if you're living off campus can get expensive, um, as well as sort of like the social aspect of school too, right? So um, scholarships are super helpful and just giving you that little extra boost and just sort of supplementing what you already have. Um, by all means, I, I, I'm assuming you could, if you worked really, really hard, you could fund your entire education off scholarship money. Um, if you got really good at, at writing applications and you had a lot of time to, to do so, 
Um, but I use it mostly as a supplemental form of um, support for my education. So I make sure that I kind of have it all taken care of. And then if, you know, a scholarship comes in uh, halfway through the year or at the beginning or the end of the year, whatever the case is, then it's just kind of that extra little buffer for either next year or for um, to support whatever type of, at, at this stage of my education, it's more of a research thing. Um, so it supports my research and, and my educational goals. Um, but yeah, so I spent a lot of time looking into scholarships and writing applications. And so I've kind of put together my top five tips um, for writing winner, winning scholarship applications. Um, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about what you can use scholarship money for, because I know that um, that's a topic that not everyone knows, um, you know, whether the scholarship goes directly to the school for tuition, whether it goes into your bank account, what sort of allowed and not allowed for using scholarship uh, money. So we'll chat a little bit about that. And one thing I do want to also discuss is sort of um, the diversity aspect is, is we'll talk about scholarship diversity as well, because um, there's a ton of different scholarships out there and there's a ton of um, sort of variety in terms of which ones you should be or should not be applying to or which ones will, you know, are, you're most likely to be successful in, in receiving and which ones are, like I said before, not necessarily a waste of time, but maybe not the best use of your resources. So we will try a little bit about that too. And, you know, one thing I say in almost every episode in terms of um, investing and, and money and, and all of that is that the best time is to start now. So whether you're, you know, in grade nine or you're in grade 12, you're in your first year of your university or college program, or you're in the last year. Um, if you haven't started, you know, looking into scholarships yet, maybe now's the time to take a look. You can never, you know, start too early and, and you'd be surprised. It's, um, I mean, I will agree that the majority of scholarships out there are for high school students that are in their last year and are going to be starting their university or college career in the fall. Um, but there's also scholarships out there for everyone. So there is scholarships out there for university students who are in their second year or their third year or they're in graduate school. Um, there's all kinds of scholarships out there. So it just takes the time to, to sit down and look and to um, figure out what it is that um, you, you, want to apply, uh, you want to apply for and what you're eligible to apply for. Um, and then, you know, kind of going ahead and, and writing all the, the applications for those. Um, and we'll talk how, about how to do that the most effectively. So the first sort of tip, I guess we'll, we'll jump right into it. The first tip I have is kind of uh, more of like a bonus tip because it comes before, you know, you even start the, the writing process or the, the searching process, I guess. And that is to get involved in your community. So the one thing I see the most when looking at scholarships or to applying for scholarships or um, even just speaking with uh, other students and, and colleagues of mine who have applied for scholarships or research grants or, or what have you is that there's a huge emphasis on community involvement. And the reason for that is that as sort of we progress into a, a digital society, um, grades are definitely important, but um, grades start to become similar and they start to cluster around the very uh, top end. So, you know, maybe 
20, 30, 40 years ago, um, it was enough to have, you know, um, a 95 average or, you know, 4.3 or whatever the, the case is. It was enough to just have the grades and, and you could rely on that. Um, and I'm not saying that that's not the case here. Um, but what scholarships or, you know, organizations awarding scholarships rather like to see now is, you know, when you have a whole collection of individuals who have that 92, 93, 94 average, what really differentiates them, right? Like what makes the difference between somebody who has a 93 and somebody who has a 94, you know? So they'll start to look at, um, you know, volunteer initiatives and community involvement and how these individuals made an impact on their community. Um, and honestly, that's not always secondary. So um, sometimes organizations don't even look at grades as a primary um, form of decision making. They'll go straight to how this individual has been performing in the community. And um, so, you know, one important thing to think about before you even get to that point where it's time to, to apply to scholarships or to write applications is how is that application going to look? Um, like how, how much of an impact have you had on your community that you can add into that application to give yourself that little extra boost when it comes to it? Um, because, you know, if I'm being honest, I think that it holds a ton of weight. I know that grades also hold a ton of weight. Um, we will talk about the significance of grades um, and the lack of, because I know that some people get, you know, a little bit um, defeated when they think about writing scholarships because maybe they're they don't have that 95 or that 98 that everybody else has that's applying and that's okay uh, we will talk about that in a little bit um, but in terms of the community involvement that's a good way to supplement that if you don't have competitive grades right it's, it's really competitive these days in terms of um, funding your education because everybody you know a lot of people are going to post-secondary a lot of people are going to university and college and um, doing graduate school or or their PhDs. And so like what sets you apart from other people? That's the main question you want to ask yourself. You know, are you just a number on a page? Are you a 95? Because um, I mean there's nothing to to you know stick your nose up at about that. But um, you know you want to have something that actually sets you apart in more of a you know, a, a crucial way, sets you apart in a crucial way other than just like a percentage point is what is the kind of the point I'm getting at here. So look to your community, you know, what initiatives exist in your community that you care about, that you can be a part of. And, um, you know, don't just go and do things that you don't want to do or, um, you know, do things that you think will look good on a resume. Um, do things that are meaningful to you. Um, because then I promise you, you'll enjoy it, you'll get a lot out of it, and that'll be reflected in your scholarship application. And that's one of the things I did throughout high school and even throughout my undergraduate career is I got involved in things that in my community that meant a lot to me. Um, and, you know, giving back to my community still does mean a, a whole lot to me. And I still do um, a lot of community involvement. Um, but if you're not doing that already, get started. I know that for high school students, a big part of high school is um, those community service hours. And, and, and that's, I think, part of the significance is they want you to form that connection in your community so you can continue that um, throughout your education and throughout your entire life. Um, and it'll be really good to see that on a, on a scholarship application. So that's the first tip is to get involved in your community, see what initiatives or programs or organizations exist in your area 
that are meaningful to you and that you can become involved in and that you can write about on a scholarship application and that will set you apart and you can say, hey, I did X, Y, and Z for the past two, three, four years and this is what I learned from it and this is what you know, I have to offer because of it. Um, and you know, make sure that, that you're out there looking for those opportunities because um, I will tell you that scholarship, um, scholarship applications look a lot better when you have something sort of qualitative or, or tangible to, to grasp onto other than just a percentage. Um, so that's tip number one. Um, before we get into any more of the, the tips, we are going to take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, we'll chat a little bit more about, um, we'll move on from tip number one, we'll move on to the next tip, and we'll chat a little bit more about how to write these winning applications. Uh, I'm Ashley Quinn Hogan, and you're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspire Choices Network. We'll be right back. Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. So before we went on break, we were just talking about um, sort of tip one out of five that I had. And I kind of said it, I kind of said it was a bonus tip. It was before you even start the, the writing process or the application process, you want to get involved in your community. Um, and the main reason I had for that is that a lot of scholarships these days, it's not enough to just have um, a really high grade or um, to have the specific courses or to have you know a really good reference, which we will talk about as well. They want to see that you've been involved in the community. And they want to see that you've made a lasting impact or that you've done something um, that contributes to your sort of um, academic career, your academic uh, resume. And so, um, you know, make sure you're out there looking at opportunities in your area to get involved in. Um, nothing's too big or too small. Um, as long as you're getting involved and you're doing something that matters to you, um, then that's, that's perfect. Um, and sort of um, kind of going on top of that is, is our next tip, which is tip number two. Um, is to take the time when researching and applying for scholarships. So I know that um, a lot of people, their excuses for not applying to scholarships is, oh, I don't have time, or, you know, it's, um, it's really time consuming, and I have, you know, X, Y, and Z to do. I, I work, or I have my own classes, or I have, you know, yada, yada, yada. The excuses can go on and on and on, um, which is fine. I, I know I've been there. We all get it. But if you take the time, so now during the, you know, whatever time it is, um, the end of the, the school year when it's not super busy, um, over the summer even would be a good option to take the time and sit down and look at, you know, which scholarships are out there that exist and um, take the time to research and figure out, you know, what scholarships you're interested in applying to, how much are they offering, what are the the, you know, um, the eligible eligibility criteria, what are the components of the application that I need to be paying attention to um, so that I can set myself up for success. And so one of the things I like to do when I'm looking at scholarships is obviously during your busiest time of, of the year, maybe scholarships fall lower on the priority list. Um, and that's that's true for me as well. Um, you know, they're not the, the most important thing on my list all of the time, but they are the most important thing on my list some of the time. 
And so during those times when I'm not super bogged down with my own work um, or my own uh, sort of initiatives, I take the time to sit down and, and look at new scholarship opportunities. Um, and my sort of rule for this is, you know, look early and look often. So, you know, start looking early if you're in high school, if you're in your undergraduate degree, if you're in graduate school. Um, I mean, there's no better time than now to start looking and just sort of go through with a list and make a list of everything, all the scholarships you find um, that you think would be, you know, beneficial to apply to. So take note of, you know, how much it is that these scholarships are offering in terms of funding. Write down sort of what's all encompassed in the application process. Is it, is it an essay? Is it just an application form? Is it a video submission? What is it, right? There's all kinds of different scholarships. And that's also a misconception um, that I guess I should touch on is that um, not all scholarships are essay-based. So I know that a lot of them are, and a lot of people get sort of caught up in, well, I don't really, I'm not good at writing, or I don't want to write an essay for something if it's going to be pointless, or if there's not going to be a grade attached to it. I've been there. Um, usually we only write essays when um, there's some benefit to us, right, such as a grade or, or because we have to. Um, but, you know, not all scholarships are essay-based. There's a ton of scholarships out there. Um, there's a lot of, like, needs-based scholarships. So it's it's for financial support, and it's on the basis of your sort of financial portfolio. So, you know, how much money um, you or, or sometimes maybe your, your parents bring in and how much your educational costs are going to be, and some scholarships will offset the difference of that. Um, and then, you know, there's also like volunteer based scholarships. So like I just said, make sure you're getting involved in the community because a lot of these scholarships um, are given based on, you know, how much involvement you've had, how many community service hours, how much dedication. Um, and then there's research based scholarships as well. So have you done any research? Um, do, you, do you have any publications? Do you have anything you're interested in researching? Sometimes you don't even have to have um, a ton of experience. If you just have that interest, that's enough. So um, don't get you know, discouraged by the fact that you're maybe not a strong essay writer. Not all uh, scholarships are essay-based. Um, and so that's, that's comes in, that comes with the research process, is looking at what scholarships you think that you would strong, be able to submit a strong application for, and sort of what's all encompassed in that. Um, so we do have a quick question here. I'm going to just jump in and, and grab before I continue. Um, is there a service to assist students with finding and writing scholarships? A lot of, so to answer the question, yes, for the most part, that's also a good part of the research process is depending on the scholarship. Um, for some of the really common ones, um, if you're in high school, for example, your academic counseling department um, should be well-versed in scholarship writing and um, helping write, write those scholarships and apply to those. If you're in university, um, again, your, your academic advisory um, sort of department, whatever, it's, it's called something different at our university. For us, it's our academic counseling office, um, but also like the writing center at a university would be a good uh, resource to use. Um, in terms of an online resource, I know that there's a few hubs, I guess is what I would call them, where a bunch of scholarships are sort of collected and they can disperse that information to students and you can sign up through email. And so um, you'll get email reminders, like kind of like notifications, like if you're on social media, that will tell you when a new scholarship's been uploaded and you can just check out the information there. 
Um, but one of the things that I found and one of the reasons I decided to do this as an episode is because I didn't find a really great resource that had everything I needed that laid out, you know, all of the information about the scholarships and then helped with the writing process. Um, writing up scholarship applications is something that's a little bit uh, dubious, I guess you could say. Um, I don't think a lot of people offer great, um, you know, information on how to actually go about writing scholarships. And um, I mean, that was kind of the the point of me making this is to give my insight the best that I can, because um, I kind of came up with my own system because, you know, that there was a lack of information there for me. But um, I mean, if you seek out the resources, absolutely, they're out there. Um, but, you know, there's not a not that I know of, I guess, if, if anybody else knows of one, feel free to um, to share that information with me. But um, I don't know of any sort of service that exists that will sit down and actually help you um, write a, a winning scholarship application. So um, here I am trying to trying to do that in one short hour. But anyway, I hope that was a, a sufficient answer. Um, and with that, I'm going to get back into sort of the steps here. So just to sort of recalibrate, step number one was um, to, to start before you even start writing to get involved in the community. That was step number one. Step number two is to invest the time in research and applying. So you want to make sure that you're checking early and you're checking often. That's always my mentality when I think about scholarships. Go online, do a Google search. Um, you know, there's tons of platforms out there that take scholarships and put them into sort of one um, domain. So I know that um, for, for those of us that are in Canada, Scholarships Canada, um, they have a ton of information. Not all of them will be um, relevant or applicable. Some of them um, you can only apply to if you go to a certain university. Some of them are for, um, for example, there's a lot of scholarships out there that are for women. Um, some are based on programs. So, so go through and filter and figure out which scholarships you can apply to and make a list. Um, those scholarship sites um, can be, they can be reliable, um, but just be careful when you're, you're looking at some of the, the ones that aren't, you know, verified. Um, so Scholarships Canada is a good one. Um, and then anything that's sort of referenced through your university or your college um, sort of website. So if you go on to your university homepage and you go to um, academic support or financial support or, or whatever it is that your university calls it, there should be information on there about how to apply for scholarships. And they should usually have, um, you know, three, four, five um, strong ones that they suggest students apply to. Um, and that's probably your best tool, to be honest with you, because those are the ones that are usually, uh, well, first of all, they're most reliable because your university is backing them up. Second of all, I find that they're usually um, the highest in funding. So sometimes when you just do a Google search, you'll find some that, that, that are worth applying to, but they're not as high in reward. So the ones that your university supports um, usually have the highest payoff. And those are where I would, I would choose to look first. Um, and then, you know, default to Google searching, Google searches for other supports. Um, the third sort of area that I like to look is financial institutions sometimes offer some good scholarships. 
Um, so TD, for example, I know offers a graduate scholarship. Um, and I know that other banks here in Canada do a similar thing. Um, you'll have to forgive me because I don't know if the States is, is the same in that. Um, but Canada, definitely financial institutions do offer scholarships to students. Um, that's the, the other place I like to look. And um, sort of tying in with that first point of getting involved in the community, there are a lot of community partners out there that partner with different schools um, and they do offer scholarships. So I know um, like Kinsman clubs usually do that. Um, sometimes you'll find other like non-for-profits that offer scholarships. All kinds of organizations in the community offer scholarships to their volunteers or to members of the community who are, who are part of that organization um, or sometimes just the community in general. So the more you get involved in the community, the more you find out about these things. Um, and some of the best scholarship opportunities I found out about come from um, these relationships I've made with, with, with the community. And so, um, you know, when you're researching, make sure you're being sort of um, diligent and looking everywhere that you should be. And yeah, so do go to your university website, do a Google search if, if you have to, um, look at your community, um, look to your community for support as well. Um, like I said, some of those, those really good opportunities come from community involvement. Um, and then, um, you know, kind of go through and see if there's anything on like Scholarships Canada or anything like that that can also be used um, to, to highlight some of those really important scholarships. Um, so that's tip number two, um, to just kind of go through and, and do some research on it. I mean, they're not just going to fall into your lap, right? You kind of got to go out and seek those opportunities. Um, the odd time, I mean, you will get a grant or a bursary um, just for existing. Um, those are kind of cool, but don't expect that to happen and don't expect those to be a lot of money. If you want, you know, those bigger scholarships, kind of have to go out and, and seek those. So um, do the research, make a list of scholarships that look appealing um, in terms of monetary reward, but also in terms of how much work you have to put in um, and if you think you'd be a good candidate for it. So uh, we are going to take another quick break. We're just kind of flying through it here today. Um, and when we come back, we'll get on to steps three, four and five um, for writing these winning scholarship applications. Um, I'm Ashley Quinn Hogan and you're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspire Choices Network. We'll see you shortly. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word 
A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F word, fear, in the dust. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookKeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, before we went on break, we were talking about the first two tips for writing winning scholarship applications. The first being to get involved in the community before you even start looking or thinking about writing. And the second one being to take the time to actually research um, and look at the opportunities that exist out there. And I was talking a little bit about looking to community organizations for support because a lot of community organizations, they don't broadcast it or really advertise that they offer scholarships, but they do. Um, and there was a comment in the chat as well that another good one is, is military associations. Um, so like the Air Force and the Army, a lot of those offer, or a lot of those organizations offer scholarships to um, the children of, um, you know, whether they're um, in the Army or the Air Force or part of the military um, they offer scholarships for, for those children as well, or those students. Um, yeah, and grandchildren and, and family members. And so that's worth looking into as well. And, you know, you, sometimes, you know, you don't really think about them and they're not advertised on a widespread um, website such as like Scholarships Canada or anything like that. So go through and, and think about, you know, the organizations in your life that you could look into. Um, you go to their website or you could go in person or you could speak to somebody you know who works for the organization or whatever, right? Um, so take the time to, to research and, and to look at um, what is actually out there because I think a lot of the time um, we, we forget that these places are um, offering these kinds of support to their community members. And if it's not advertised and it's not sort of you know thrown at us, we, we don't think to go and search for it. So um, take that initiative, go out and find those organizations that are offering support to students. Um, so with that, let's move on to our third step, which is to strategize and prioritize. Um, and this is one of the most important steps, I think. What I like to do is, so in step two, when I'm going through and looking at all the opportunities out there that do exist, I make a list and I sort of write out the names or, you know, something to remind me of what the scholarship is. Um, or, I mean, instead of writing it out, you could even just print it out, right? A lot of the times they'll have like an information sheet or an application form. Um, print it out or write it out, whatever suits your fancy. And make a list. Keep a list of all the scholarships that you've looked at. 
Um, you don't have to apply to all of them, but keep a list of the ones that you know, you're either interested in or that something about it uh, resonates with you. Um, and keep track of, you know, the important details. So, you know, A, when is it due? Um, when is the application due? Because they do have due dates and you don't want to miss it if it's one you want to apply to. Um, so what's the due date? How much is the scholarship for? You know, is it $100? Is it $1,000? Is it $5,000? Whatever. Keep track of that as well. And then keep track of what it is that you need as a part of the application process. So the thing with scholarships is that they're all different. Some of them will ask for a quick online, just basically an information um, application form. So it'll ask for like your name, your birthday, where you study, what you're studying, whatever. Um, more, most often than not, there will be some form of question and answer. So whether that's the form of an essay, sometimes you'll get uh, a more creative sort of take on it. They'll ask for some form of submission, whether it be video or short story or poem or whatever. Um, you know, creative dance, whatever. I'm sure that exists as well. But they'll ask for some form of um, interpretive response from you. More often than not, it's an essay. Um, and, you know, sometimes they'll ask for financial information. Sometimes that'll be a part of the application. If it's like a needs-based scholarship, um, they'll ask you sort of what your um, income has been or what your parents has been if you're still a dependent. Um, and they'll ask you, sort of what your tuition costs are, what your um, expenses are expected to be for the year. Um, so some of them will ask for that. Some of them will ask for references, which is another important one that I think people tend to forget about. Um, and you don't wanna be you know, stuck trying to come up with a reference when your scholarship application is due at 11.59 p.m. and it's 6 p.m. Um, that sucks. So that's why I say start early and, and start often um, is because you know, go through, like, do, do your research, go through and make a list of what's needed. Um, and, you know, think about those key people that you can ask to be a reference if you need it. So a lot of the time, those are going to be academic references. So if you're a high school student, you want to get a, a teacher that you've preferably built a good relationship with, or you've done well in their class. Um, I wouldn't necessarily go ask somebody who you got like a C in their class, um, but to each their own. Um, or sometimes it'll be, if it's a community-based scholarship, they'll ask for somebody you've worked with in the community. So whether that be like a supervisor for uh, a non-for-profit that you volunteered with or, you know, whatever, right? So someone from the community that can speak to your like interpersonal skills. Um, and sometimes they're a personal um, reference um, which is like not a not a family member, but somebody who knows you well, whether it be like a friend of the family or um, it can even be a professional capacity if it's somebody that you've known for quite some time. Um, and sometimes more often than not, it's a combination of those. So we'll ask for two or three references, maybe one academic, one personal or two academic, you know, one personal, whatever. Um, so make sure you're paying attention to what um, each scholarship requires of you and, and add that into your list as well. And, you know, with the number of scholarships that exist out there, some will resonate with you and some will, and that's okay. Um, you don't have to apply to them all, but um, just know that there's a ton out there that you can be applying to. So once you sort of have your list, what I like to do is, is go and look at the due dates because um, a lot of them have due dates that 
um, sort of overlap. So a lot of them will be due around the time that your, um, you know, your application to universities do or um, around the time around the beginning of the school year. Some of them are at the end. So it kind of just depends um, on what scholarship you're looking at. I know a lot of them have that like December 1st deadline for whatever reason. I think it's because it's um, kicking off into the second semester or the second term. But look at the, the look at the deadlines for those um, and make sure, you know, once you have those deadlines, you're kind of making a schedule for yourself. Um, so what I like to do is um, if I know that there's a scholarship I really want to apply for, I think I have a really good chance of, of winning. And let's say, you know, it's due in uh, three months from now. So I'll actually go to my agenda and I'll lay out a plan for the next three months. I know when it's due and I know what the components are. I know that I need to write an essay um, answering three different questions. I know that I need to have my financial information and I know that I need to have um, an academic reference. So I'll make a point of locking in that academic reference first and foremost, because um, there is, you know, it's, it's a question, right? There is a chance they're gonna say no. Uh, more often than not, they don't. A lot, a lot of the times if you're asking a teacher or a professor to be referenced for you um, for a scholarship, they're more than happy to, um, but go ahead and ask them more off or sooner than rather than later um, and lock that that reference in um, your financial information um, usually people have that readily available or at least you know with little effort um, but the essay is the part that's probably going to set you apart from the rest so um, you know if you have that three months until the deadline maybe you have two months maybe a month but for the sake of argument let's say three months Set up an outline for yourself on how you're going to get that written. Um, if maybe if you're the type of person who wants to sit down and write that all the night before, then more power to you. I'm not that person. Um, I like to draft and draft and draft and draft. And um, I think that's usually a solid course of action when you're writing a paper that's going to be competing against other papers um, for some form of reward. So um, what I what I do is I, if I know my scholarship applications due in three months, I'll get my agenda out and say, okay, well this week, you know, Monday and Tuesday are really, really busy, but I have a little bit of free time on Wednesday. So uh, maybe I'll go there and, and draft out a response to question one. And then the rest of the week's kind of busy, but next week, Monday and Tuesday are kind of freed up. So maybe I'll go in and that day I'll draft up responses to, to question two. And then the following week's kind of a mess, but the week after that I'm on reading week. So I can do um, the rest of the essay then. And then after that, I can just go ahead and edit it. And I mean, three months seems like a lot of time, but you know, it's really just 12 weeks and um, with life and, and school and everything that comes up, um, it's not a ton of time. So um, set out that, make that schedule for yourself. Um, so you're not kind of scrambling at the last minute, especially if you have multiple scholarships due around the same time. Um, you know, you want to keep yourself on track. So go ahead and, and organize yourself. Um, and that's the, one of the best pieces of advice I can give is to write out your due dates so you don't forget them, highlight them, write them in red, circle them, whatever your uh, strategy is for remembering due dates, write it, put on the calendar, um, and make sure you know because there's nothing more annoying than writing a really good essay or an application and then finding out that it was due last week, right? So Make sure you're checking and you're rechecking. And I would even say once you have that list of the scholarships that you want to apply for, you know, cross out any that you're like, oh, well, um, you know, I don't really have time to do three that week. So maybe I'll, I'll pick one or I'll pick two. Um, 
and, and rank them in order of their, their relevance. So I like to rank them in order of due date, um, with the first being the one that's due first, um, and then go from there. But, you know, maybe you have one that's, you know, due a little bit later, but has the most reward going to be given. So maybe that's your first priority is to start there. And that's fine. However you rank it is up to you. But uh, I do suggest you prioritize your list because sometimes things come up and you'll have good intention and you'll have a list of like five or six scholarships, but maybe in, in the end, you only end up applying to like three or four, which is absolutely fine. Um, but if you prioritize, um, you can make sure you're getting applications sent to those ones that uh, have the biggest payoff. Um, so that's tip number three is to just kind of stay organized and to prioritize and strategize which scholarships you're writing and how you're going about writing them. Um, I do have two more tips for you, but we are going to head into our last break of the show here quickly. Um, and when we get back, we'll we'll cover those those next two tips. So I'm Ashley Propogan, and you've been listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. We'll see you shortly. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Alrighty, welcome back everyone. Before we went on break, we covered the first three tips of writing legendary application or legendary uh, scholarship applications rather. Um, I do have two more tips for you. Uh, the fourth one's also super important. And I think one that we tend to not really think about, but it's follow instructions. So a lot of these, like 99% of these applications will have very strict instructions on what you ought to do to be successful. And a lot of them can weed people out right away by not following instructions. So make sure during that research process or, you know, once you've researched and you've locked in, you know, your two, three, four scholarships that you really want to apply for, um, make sure you go in and research those in a little bit more depth and find out, okay, what is it exactly that I need to do um, to be successful? If they ask for a 500 word essay, write them a 500 word essay. Don't write them 400 words. Don't write them 600 words. Write them 500 words. They tend to have a little bit of leniency, but I wouldn't bank on that. They ask for 500 words, write 500 words. They ask for your resume or your CV to be laid out in a certain format, lay it out in a certain format. If they ask you um, for an application sheet to be submitted by a certain date or a certain time, have it submitted by a certain time. They ask your reference form to be filled out in a certain way, have it filled out in a certain way. It's a really easy thing to forget to do or to get caught up in and think that it 
doesn't necessarily matter, but I promise you that he does. And these organizations that are offering the scholarships, usually they're academic based, these ones, they ask for it that way um, for a reason. And that's part of it is to see if you can follow instructions. But the second part is because it makes the process of choosing a winner or winners um, a lot easier for them. And the easier you make their lives, the happier they're going to be. And, um, you know, the process goes a lot smoother and, and you're likely to be um, rewarded because of that. So if, you know, if you're, if you're kind of the person submitting like a 900 word essay when it should have been 500, um, it's probably a really easy way to, to, uh, to lead you out of the process. So make sure you're following instructions when you're writing these applications in terms of what they're asking for and how they're asking for it. Um, don't overlook the little things because those are really important and those can be the difference between you winning and you not winning. Um, and with that comes our final step, which is, I've already said it, I've kind of foreshadowed it throughout the entire show, but look early and look often. Um, and I can't stress this enough. It's something that I do. Um, I take, you know, 15, 20 minutes, a um, couple, I don't do it every single day, but, you know, a few times a week and look to see what new opportunities are out there. Um, because um, there's, there's continually new scholarship opportunities being uploaded um, and, you know, some aren't uploaded, you know, on January 1st when you think to look um, because, you know, they just they either haven't existed yet or, you know, the application portal hasn't been open yet. So, um, I mean, you don't have to do it every day, but every few weeks, just take a look, you know, go to your university website, go to Scholarships Canada or whatever Google search that you're you're doing. Um, look for your community organizations and just do a quick search. Um, in terms of what new scholarships might have come up. I know University um, Financial Aid Office is usually really, really good at keeping tabs on which opportunities are um, new or are being released. Um, but um, so going to your, web your university website is a good tactic for doing that. Um, but don't rely on them to reach out to you. I know that some schools are good for that. They'll email you and say, uh, such and such a scholarship is accepting applications until you know, a week from today. And usually it's pretty late when they send it out. Um, so if you go and be proactive and, and take the initiative to go ahead and, and find those opportunities on your own, um, you're gonna have a little bit more time to, to work on the application. And um, like I said, make a list of the scholarships you wanna do um, and prioritize that list. That's kind of the, the most important piece of advice I can give there. Um, and, you know, work on your applications a little bit every day or a little bit every week. Um, it makes it a lot less daunting than um, saving them all up until the day before they're due and trying to crank out, you know, two or three scholarship applications overnight. Um, it'll also be reflected in the quality of your application. And I know that it's like trying to, you know, drill it into a brick wall here, but um, you tell students like you can't do it overnight, you can't do it overnight. And I think for scholarships, that's, that's really true. Um, being someone who's written a lot of scholarships, um, you know, I can tell the quality of my application by how much time I've put into it. And so can the review committee. Um, they can tell how much time and effort you've put into it. And that also reflects in their decision, right? Um, they're not going to necessarily uh, choose somebody who uh, they can tell wrote it overnight because, I mean, that kind of speaks to your morals a little bit, right? Um, and they're going to choose one that they can see has a lot of effort put into it. So, um, and then I guess the last little bit of that is 
have someone you trust to review your application for you. So whether that be like a peer or a sibling or a teacher, um, preferably someone who has like the academic capacity or the intellectual capacity to give you some good feedback on that. Um, maybe mom or dad or, or grandma or grandpa can do that as well. Um, but have someone look, look at it for you. Um, and that's uh, a huge value. I always have someone look over my applications because no matter how great I think I've articulated myself, um, there's someone that will always say, well, I don't really know what you mean here, or you could have done this better. So, um, I mean, that's the last tip kind of there. And uh, I guess we'll, you know, one of the things that I mentioned before is that um, there's scholarships for everyone out there. So regardless of your GPA, your age, your program, your socioeconomic status, um, there's scholarships out there for everyone. And, um, you know, I'm in the process of writing quite a few scholarships right now. Um, I had one come back recently that was successful. So, I mean, if that's a little bit of motivation for you guys, I promise my tips do work. Um, and I hope that, you know, everyone else can find some value in those as well. Um, but to just sort of sum up everything I talked about today, the five tips, the one is to um, start going to your community and start getting involved in your community early before you even start the writing process. Um, invest some time in researching these opportunities um, before you're applying and making a list of what ones you want to apply to, when the due dates are, um, and um, sort of what those entail. Then, you know, strategize and prioritize which ones you're going to apply to, how you're going to, how you're going to use your time wisely. Um, and make sure you're following instructions. That's the fourth tip. Do what is asked of you. Don't do more and don't do less. I know it's a tough thing to try and follow, but, um, you know, organizations will look for you to um, follow instructions when looking at the quality of your application. Um, and then the fifth one is to look early and look often because there's always new opportunities coming up. Um, there's always new scholarships being released or being, you know, sort of added. So make sure you're taking the time to look at those opportunities. Um, as often as you can, as frequently as you can. Um, but those are my five tips. I mean, I hope those are useful for someone out there who's applying from high school or for their undergrad or graduate school. Uh, I wish you the best of luck in your scholarship application going forward and reach out if you have any questions, by all means. Um, but until then, we will see you on the next episode of Financially Speaking. It's been an absolute pleasure. Take care, everyone. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.